Pilates studio businesses come in all shapes and sizes, and yet there are some challenges that pop up regardless. Today on the podcast, I'm talking to Annie Paz. She has built up her very own home studio space with a very loyal client base. And we're talking today about the ins and outs of growing a business from scratch, and perhaps the one topic you are all familiar with and that is cancellation policies. And I actually did a little bit of coaching here on the podcast today with Annie on how she can enforce her cancellation policy in a way that really feels good to her, but that also preserves her very strong relationships that she has with her clients. Today's episode is full of amazing tips and insights. Listen in and learn. Well, hi there. I'm Sarah Glanfield. I'm a business and marketing strategist just for boutique fitness studio owners like you. If you're ready to be inspired and make a bigger impact, you're in the right place. All you need are a few key strategies, the right mindset, and some support along the way. Join me as I share the real life insights that will help you grow a sustainable and profitable studio. This is the Pilates Business Podcast. Welcome back to the Pilates Business Podcast. I'm Saran. I'm, thank you so much for joining me today. And um, I'm here with a the wonderful and just incredible human, Annie Paz. And I'm really excited for our conversation today because um, I've known Annie for about 18 months now, uh, maybe a little longer. Um, and the she came through my marketing intensive program about a year, just over a year ago when she was just starting out with a home studio because Annie has been teaching Pilates since 2006. She actually um, did her teacher training in Tel Aviv in Israel. And she moved to the US in 2013 and worked in a few different cities in Indiana and in Seattle and, and settled now in the San Francisco Bay Area in the Silicon Valley area. Um, where she endeavored to set up her own home studio just after um, kind of post-pandemic or early post-pandemic time. And when I met Annie, there was you know a lot of questions that came up around how to open, set up, structure, market, fill classes, all of those home you know, questions that come up when you're opening a studio. Um, but there's a lot of things that come up specifically when you're opening a home studio. Um, and so that's what Annie and I are going to dive into today. Some of the things that are unique to, uh, to home studios, um, and uh, we're going to talk through some of those things. So welcome, Annie. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Sarah. And I'm so excited for this chat. I know. We're gonna we, have do. Fun. <laughs> we are going to have fun. We're going to have a ton of fun. So why don't you tell us a little bit about, um, about your business, about your home studio, about, um, perhaps how, what it looks like, what it does, what it looks like to your clients and, and what you offer inside of your business. All right. So, um, I'm teaching out of home, out of the garage, basically. Um, it's converted into a, a mini studio. Um, it's all one-on-one -on -one sessions. Um, some days I'm kind of dreaming of maybe trying to squeeze two people's in, which I think can be possible. Um, teaching five days a week, two evenings, and um, that, that's it. Yeah. 
I mean, I used to also do online and Zoom and all of that. But as we are kind of phasing out of the pandemic, there is just less demands for that. So most people just when once they had the chance, they wanted to come in in person. Um, so I'm I'm accepting that, you know, and I'm I'm rolling with that. And you're rolling with it. Yeah. And you've designed mm-hmm. a schedule that works well for you. Exactly. And- yes. Um, um with with two little ones, I figured my my hours has to be around drop-off and pickups from school. So it's about five hours during the day and then two evenings um per week. Yeah. Perfect. Mm-hmm. And um and tell us a little bit about how your business has evolved. What, um, where were you kind of when you, what did it look like sort of in the first few months and how has it kind of adjusted and changed over that time? First, I always worked for other studio. That was always my setup. And I think I even declared it more than once in my life that like, I would never have my own thing. Like it looks so hard. It's impossible. Like I don't want to deal with all the administrative stuff. This is not for me. I only want to teach blah, blah, blah. But <laughs> then pandemic, and I feel like it's thrown all of us into like different direction. Um, so then the studio I used to work for got shut down and I was like, okay, what's, what's now? Like, what am I going to do? And I figured, especially with, with little ones, I can utilize what I have. Like I had the reformer in our bedroom. Uh, <laughs> I had a one, the chair, and then we, we just moved to like a bigger space. I had a garage. I'm like, why not? Like people wants, wants to come in. Like I, I need to, to start going. And then I found you and it was right about like, I knew my little one is going to start preschool. I had two months to kind of ramp up and I wanted to be very like start smart and in a very organized way and not just like scramble and like, you know, bringing something that I'm not fully comfortable with. Um, so, and then I think going through the intensive, the, the marketing intensive really helped me build the foundation of, okay, what, a, what is even my value? What am I bringing? And kind of having to deal with all those really hard, you know, questions to understand what is this and be comfortable talking about what I'm doing and not hiding, you know, but like quietly saying, oh, I'm teaching Pilates. Like, no, I'm actually very proud of it. But it took a process and brainstorming mostly with myself. Um, and then, as you said, like strategically, how to set my pricing, um, designing my own website, like just starting in a very organized setup that when I'm opening the door, I feel confident behind my business. And so I felt like I did this, like I started with you in April 21, and then just really focusing on all the foundations. Um, and then when I made the switch and start actually seeing people that was like around May or June, things just started to roll in. And then everything built up organically, which I'm very happy about that. It's just word of mouth basically at this point. And I think that that when that happens that quickly, you know, because usually when a a studio opens, I will you know, there's, there's some expectation management that has to happen. Um, sometimes depending on what people's plans are and, you know, you kind of have to think about that, what we, you know, perhaps that runway of, of how, of how long it's going to take to build up that momentum to sort of take off. Right. And to be at a point where your business has the enough power, um, uh, in it, you know, and, um, when I see studios that, open and are able to accelerate to a point like you were, where you're 
you have a a solid base of clients quickly, it's usually because you have been very effective with the way that you're talking about what you do and, and very proactive about getting the word out to the right people and being really smart about how you're inviting people in. And I think that that was something that was very, very quickly you were able to do um, that, that got that, you know, enough people into your business to see that great momentum. And once the word was out and you were spreading the word and you were driving that, you know, that is so, it's so incredibly powerful. I, I, I'd actually, I mean, <laughs> it's a good reflection for me, but I didn't realize this is what actually happened because before that, yeah, I had my community and like people knew I'm teaching Pilates, but I never talked about it in the way I talked about it before. So it's exactly what you're talking, this momentum of like, now I'm so confident and I want all the people around me to experience it. Not because like, I want them to try and see how amazing Pilates can benefit their lives. Like, why would I hide it? <laughs> you know, but so just kind of standing behind it. And then, as you said, people came in and then they wanted their friends to come in and <laughs> which all, yeah. And it has like a ripple, it has like a ripple effect, I think, where, you know, once you kind of have that frame, the the words to talk about it, like once you know how you want to describe what you do and how you, and in, in a way that really feels good to you, right? This is not like um, a pushy salesy kind of conversation. It's, it's, it's genuinely energized conversations because you feel so, conf- you know, you're so invested and confident in what you're doing, that it's a very natural conversation, very organic conversation. And so when you have people come in, you're talking to them about what you're doing. You're not simply giving them necessarily just giving them an exercise to do. There's, you're talking about the whole thing and the more, more in depth and more details and how many, you know, at a deeper layer, deeper level than um, necess- if you were just kind of giving them a sequence of exercises. And so when they leave, they have that that those words in their mind as well. So when they go and tell their friends, they're not just saying, oh, I did a bunch of exercises. They're saying, hey, oh my gosh, like this has changed. And I feel like this is now better. And then I know if I keep going, she told me that I was going to be able to do that, you know? And it's like, they're excited because you're excited <laughs> and everyone's excited. <laughs> it's, it's exactly that. I think, right. I, I know I'm passionate about it. And I think, yeah, it's not something I need to fake or like to, to give a, as you said, like a, a pushy peach, like, and, and, but, but again, this is something that requires work. Like I remember in the past, I would not tell people how often they need to come. This is something you pointed out. Like you have to tell them. And in the past I felt like, oh, I'm, I'm being pushy, right? I'm like, I'm forcing them to come see me twice a week. Like, but now I'm like, no, I want them to come twice a week so they can enjoy all the benefits. Like I, I want it for them. I would love it for them. So why would I not say it? So it, it was kind of a switch in my mind, like <laughs> that needed to happen. <laughs> yeah. And now your, your, your studio, your, your hours are, are full. Is that right? Are you in yes, a place I where mean, you feel? I'm, and I feel like that's something you asked me right before I started. Like, where do I see myself in six months? And like, I would love to be able to teach like around for like 23, 25 hours per week. That would be, again, with my limited hours, that would be ideal. And it's just, yeah, this is where I'm at. So perfect. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and I, I think it's really important to define that, right? Because I think we had the conversation and I was like, okay, well, if you want to open a studio and have 23 to 25 hours, how many people does that mean? Is that, it may not be 25 people. It, it may be 15 that you need 
it's, that may be it's it, so right? right. It's all right. So that's like even not overwhelming. It's like, okay, if majority of the people are coming up twice a week, that's totally manageable. But I need I need to know that, like what I'm having in mind for them, to, for them to reach their goals. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So it's really powerful to think about what the, the success looks like when you're in this, when you're starting out like that and what the timeline is for that too. And I, you were able to hit that and that's incredible. Really, really great. Now I know though, that there have been there, you know, I think that having a home studio, there's a few, um, it's a little bit different to having a brick and mortar business that is separate outside of your home, you know? And so, you know, naturally one of the things that comes up is how do I market because I can't put a sign up outside my house. Right. And that's where you've excelled at being able to spread the word. Um, but how do you find new clients and how do you bring them in, in a way that you feel comfortable and safe? Cause you're working one-on-one in your home, you know? Yeah. That's a really, really good point. So (laughs) I think at the beginning, if I got like a message through my website, I was always like, how did they find me? Like, this is weird. And then I realized another client, you know, I'll kind of ask around like, did you refer this client? And then like, oh, okay. He came through you. Uh, So this is like, kind of like my safety guidelines. Like I usually bring in people that, again, the majority of word of mouth, some other kind of technique, I would say, like, for example, I'm, I'm a member in a bunch of like moms group in our area. Like, so we have like an Israeli mom group in the, you know, Silicon Valley or stuff like that. So, um, and whenever someone says, oh, I'm looking for a Pilates teacher. So First, I have my amazing clients that would actually put my name on those WhatsApp chats. And then I'll answer with, I would love to answer any question and have a chat. And here's my website if you have any questions. The funniest thing that I've noticed that typically the person who asked the question is not going to approach me, but other people would. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> but then it's there, it's on the WhatsApp. So if anyone will ever do a search Pilates, they'll, you know, they'll find me. So this is something like um, one way. Another way is that, again, if I'm, again, being a little bit more proactive and not just waiting for people to show up at my, you know, through a friend is that, I don't know, we had this like school event um, and um, I volunteered, like it was like a donation based something, um, you know, for school. And I was like, sure, I would love to teach a class first because it's fun hanging out and getting, you know, mingling with all the people. And then also they'll know I'm around and Maybe it's not today, but maybe in a few months, they're like, oh, I actually remember that session. Like I would want, I would want to approach her. So I think, yeah, the majority of the things are around my community, which is like young families, you know, lots of like um, moms actually with like younger kids. A lot of them are through my kids, you know, preschool and, and, and um, elementary school, um, not necessarily close friends, but, you know, people that I see around um, anyway. Um, and if in the past, again, I would not even say that I'm teaching Pilates or I'd be quiet about it. Um, now I'm like, you know, I'll say it out loud and I'm like, listen, if you ever, like, I'm so close to school. Like if you ever want to drive by, say hi, you know, come see it. Um, come see stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's about being that welcoming and inviting. And I think there is, you know, when you are putting that energy out there in the way that it feels very genuine, it were it's not received as anything other than that, you know, and if you know so there's there and that is i think is a is a is a a gray area, and I think a lot of folks aren't sure how to work that, but when you have those right 
when you feel comfortable and confident with what you do and how to talk about it, then it shifts a lot, right? It does shift a lot. Yes. But it was a process, I must say. It's, it did not happen the first day. I'm I'm much more confident now than... <laughs> yeah, it is, a, it is a process because there's a lot of little things you have to work through, right? And I think, you know, when you have your own business and you're valuing, you're placing a price on what you're doing, that is like one like little bit of part of it, of it, right? And then there's the other part of it is, do these people want what I do? Should I, do they, and then, you know, you have to work through that. And then there's what you, you know, you talked about earlier of like, I would keep quiet because I wasn't sure how to talk about it and what words to use. And so you kind of have to figure out the right words. And so there's so many parts of it um, that it is a process for sure, but it's not something that, you know, what the, 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 the thing to remember right now for what you have is that you know how to do this now. So now when you, you know, if in a scenario where, you know, five of your clients left town and moved out of town, you could very easily using these same tools and methods and, you know, language and to go out and get more clients. You have the skills and that's incredible. Couldn't agree more. And I actually, this is something, um, you know, like for example, we left for a month to visit our families after three years. And I knew I took it into consideration. I knew things are going to shift when I'll come back. A month can be a, a long time for some clients, you know? And then I was like, okay, I'll get back. I'm sure I'm going to, some clients are going to disappear. It's fine. Like not, not to get stressed about it, expect it. And then and then going through the same process to, you know, to fill up those few hours that I, I missed and not to get panics like, oh my God, everyone leaving me. No, it's just, it's the ebbs and flows of the business. It's, it's fine. And it's going to repeat itself over and over. Yes. Um, and it, as you said, just like using the same technique, putting a little bit more energy out to the yes. world, that's like, <laughs> you know, yes. and then things starting to flow in again. So yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's never reassuring. This, it is. It is. It is re- exactly. And it, and it's not like a linear path either, you know? Um, and I think every kind of turn, there's new challenges that you face, regardless of the business, whether you have a home studio, an online studio or a brick and mortar studio, there's always things that will pop up from time to time. Right. Um, so what would you say has been some of like the trickiest things that you've had to deal with as a business owner? Okay. That, that's probably the, the biggest thing. Um, I think uh, having a home studio um, creates very strong connection, which is an amazing thing with your clients, very strong bonds, uh, very close relationship. Again, most of the people are either friends or friends or are already in my circles. So the, the relationship are very tight and very uh, meaningful. There's a lot of trust and respect and kind of like a borderline friendships. And then when I actually need to wear my head of like the administrative part, the, the manager, the, the front desk person, that hat of um, asking for payments uh, if someone forgets or like, you know, be on top of that. Uh, cancellation policy, one of my biggest <laughs> struggles. Um, because the thing is, I get it. I get what why this person cannot come because they're sick. Their kids are sick. The nanny is sick. You know, I understand it. I'm in the same boat, but at the same time, I cannot just let it go because I'm counting on that revenue. Like I cannot just say, oh, you know what? I It's fine. Forget about it. <laughs> and especially in this season, that can be, and I'm tracking all my cancellation numbers, that can be up to like even 20% 
out of my week that people had to cancel with all the bugs that going around. Like I cannot, um, I cannot tolerate it as a business. It's just not going to work. Right. So but this is, you don't want them to come in if they are like, Oh sick. yeah. <laughs> Cause yes, you yes, can't get course. sick. <laughs> no, no. But, I, so, but yes. honestly, around, even around that, I'm like, I'm really trying to be creative. I'm telling my clients, if your son is like, eh, not terribly sick, you can send him to school, bring them with their tablet, do your session. I'm keeping all doors open. It's a garage. Like let's get creative around it. But like, and I'm, uh, you know, but at the same time, it's not always the case and they do have to cancel last minute. Um, and then I'm like, oh, I hate doing it. I hate. And because again, I don't have anyone to do that part of the, the job. <laughs> I'm like, I need to face it. And it's always, it's always a struggle. Always. It is a struggle. So what, how does it work? What is your cancellation policy right now? So kind of the, the usual 24 hours cancellation policy. I'm trying, you know, I usually the first time someone, it just happened, you know, they sign it when they sign the waiver. And then usually the first time that it happens, I'm like, you know, just to remind you, this is how I operate. I have to do it. I'm sorry. And kind of regardless of the reason, because the reasons are always justified. No one just not show up because they didn't feel like it's not the case. Oh, They're always 100%. a good reason. Yes. So, um, yeah. So 24 hours cancellation policy. And are most of the cancellation, like, so, uh, cause there's two parts of this. One is, do you see your, your schedule having gaps every week that you want that from people who cancel earlier than 24 hours? Or is it the, is it, is it that you're feeling a challenge around those that cancel within that 24 hour period? Cause there's two, there's two elements there, right? Cause yes, your clients yes, probably come like every week at the same time. They have this slot. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. Yeah. The majority are last minute cancellation. I might yes. have like a one um, or two that are, you know, someone gave me enough notice and that's not, a, it's not, not an issue because also, and again, I'm sure that's probably also in a bigger studio, but it's always a Tetris. The schedule is a Tetris, right? You're moving yes. apart. Tetris, this person yes. actually prefer to come on that hour. So I feel like I can recover pretty easily if someone's giving me enough notice because that other person wanted to move to the morning and this other person wanted to move to the perfect. It all just miraculously work itself up. Non-issue. Um, or if there's someone in a standby and stuff like that. Um, the, the main issue is with people who cancel, you know, five hours before, two hours before, um, then I have nothing to do about it. Yes. There's nothing you can do. Yeah. Um, and how do you find there are some repeat offenders? Are there some people who are just like, you know, that's yes. it. It's like, they see it as definitely an option for them. Not, not an option. <laughs> um, it's, I, it's a good question. I'm trying to think that it's, pro yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll be, I'll be honest. Yes. It happens. Cause I have some people that it so rarely happens. So like, you know, once every, who knows, like a year, maybe, you know, um, and some people that it happens quite often. Yeah. Yeah. It is so challenging. And it is, it's tricky. I think, you know, we are, it, I mean, I, th I think it's super tricky because obviously that level of connection and intimacy is much higher when you're working one-on-one -on -one, and then you're working one-on-one -on -one alone in a space, you know, that's makes it very, you know, it's, a, it's, you're very working closely together. And, um, when there's not other clients and other teachers there who, and you're not part of a, perhaps a bigger sort of organization as it were, perhaps other, like a, a brick and mortar with multiple teachers might might feel like to a client, it might feel, um, it, it comes, it might become a bit more of an issue, right? I guess the question I have for you is 
is this is this something that you feel your clients have an issue with, or is this is this something that is kind of a bit more that you feel like it's it's you're uncomfortable with? <laughs> you're you're hitting you're hitting the. Phone. <laughs> <laughs> I had a very uh, conversation with a really good friend of mine <laughs> and she asked something similar. It's a really good question. I kind of feel it's me having like not being kind and nice and accommodating. You know, it's, it's, it's probably me more than, I think there's, there was only one case where I kind of had to face more of a resistance around that. Like that someone actually came up and say something is like, you know, why? And there was like, and I was afraid of th that um, scenario. And I think since then I'm very cautious. Again, I'm still following through, but I feel like I can be much more, you know, strict. You know what I yeah. mean? Uh, How often do you kind of wave it because you feel badly about it? But that's something I need. I need to count my numbers count. around that. I did it this week already once. Um, and it's only Wednesday, no, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it happened. It happened. Okay. I, yeah. I'm trying so, with the, new the, clients to like be, to remind myself, this is a time to set the boundaries that yes. the, the being kind is not serving me, you know, and it's not even being not kind. It's just following through yes. a very common policy. Correct. Yes. And, you know, there's a, it's a bit like the mindset around the messaging and the marketing part of it. There's lots of different parts to this, right? Because there is a scenario where you can have a very healthy, strong relationship with clients where everybody respects the boundaries associated with that. You are able to respect and, 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 and adhere to the boundaries that you set. And so are your clients. And the gray area often becomes and where it gets really challenging is where you're not sticking to those boundaries. And so then your clients don't really know if there's a boundary and that's when there's like that weirdness, you know? <laughs> and so, right. This is very it's common so right. by the way. So and this right. is not just it's you, so right. like this is a, this comes up all the time and it doesn't matter how big the studio is or how small the studio is. This, the, ca the ca cancellation policy is, is something that comes up because there are times when you literally would rather not have the client come in and they've canceled. If they've, if they are super sick, you don't want to teach them even if they want to come in. Right. So there are scenarios where it is, it, that happens. And there are scenarios where, you know, you, so what's the best thing to do is kind of where, how do we deal with this in a way that is healthy for your business and for yourself? And the most important thing is that without a doubt, you are clear with your clients um, about the cancellation policy. So you probably, you may tell me, have them sign that waiver when they join. Right. But the minute they sign that waiver and they give you back that clipboard, they are going to forget that. So you want to make That's sure kind that of my feeling right? Yeah. That people don't remember. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So reminding them on an occasional basis, especially when you're seeing perhaps an increase in cancellations, like now seasonally, um, that you're seeing people, uh, cancel more often that you perhaps send out a little reminder and say, Hey, if you know, or if you think you can't, please let me know in advance with the idea that on the flip side of that is that earlier, you know, if someone can't come, then you might be able to fill that spot with someone else. Right. Um, and so everybody wins, right. The, 
But the key with that is that you want to be clear with the communication and transparent so that there's no question about whether or not they're going to be charged or not, that that is something that, you know, that you want to take into consideration and that they should consider as well when they think about their schedule for the week and what's happening and so on. The other part of that is also, you know, you, um, some, some, I'm going to give you some ideas for things that I've seen work for others. And then, you know, you can kind of decide perhaps what might work well for you also. Some teachers, if it's a, if it's a conflict on the schedule, say something has come up, then if they're able to reschedule for the same time that week or for a different time, the same week, then you waive that fee because they're going to come instead of coming, you know, today at two o'clock, they're going to come tomorrow at nine instead. And that, that people, that works nicely because ultimately the fear we have with the consolation is twofold. One is, oh my gosh, we don't want to have a massive conflict with a client. We don't have a, you know, anyone to get upset. That's really uncomfortable. We don't like that. But the other side of that is we don't want to upset a client who we value because we're in a relationship business and we want them to keep coming back. So when we are issuing this cancellation um, fee, we're kind of weighing it up against whether or not, or the long-term or the lifetime value of the client, right? And whether or not this is going to be kind of the nail in the coffin where they don't come back if they get charged. And so that's, and if you look at your clients and if you, if you are able if you are, have a relationship with them where they understand the relationship such that if they cancel within 24 hours, they will get charged. Maybe there are scenarios where you are, will waive that fee, but that's very discretionary and you don't have to tell them that, right? But if someone comes, comes to you and says, oh, my, my daughter's gone into hospital, I need to be with her because she's five years old. You're going to waive the can waive that cancellation fee. I'm <laughs> going to guess, Absolutely. right? Yeah. But if mm-hmm. you know, but if there's a scenario where, oh, I, I, I just realized that I've gotten something and I've got to do this instead. Then you're going to say, okay, I'm sorry. Can you come tomorrow instead at two o'clock? That's my only other opening. No. Okay. I'm sorry. Then, you know, I'm going to charge the cancellation fee. And it's, it's definitely when you're in a business like yours, where you have these fixed time slots and everyone has their spot, then if they want to keep their spot, that's kind of how that's kind of the deal. And, but equally you are weighing it up against the factors as to why they canceled and what the long-term impact is of that. Charging. Right. Mm -hmm. Most people, if you are, if you are very clear and transparent, they are accepting of the fact that this, these things happen. Um, and if you, I, I would definitely offer them something, another alternative to ease that pain, perhaps, especially if you feel like it's warranted. Um, but the, the relationship is the key, you know? And so, and I would, you know, the other side of this, which, you know, is, is how you feel about it. Right. Because most of the time a client who values you and understands the value of your time and and what you do will respect that, um, and be happy to, to, um, to support you and to ensure that you kind of are able to continue to support them and help them and assist them at that time. So there's a lot, this is a very great, the reason why this comes up a lot and why, because it is very gray. But the key is you kind of need to decide, maybe you need to decide like, what are your kind of non-negotiables for cancellation? What are you going to, you know, what's the scenarios where that is a waived fee or not? And by the way, when you do waive the fee, you have to say, look, in this one instance, just because of this, I'm going to waive the fee. Um, Or you decide that it's a blanket situation and everybody has to pay the fee and this is what it is. And you just say, that's my business. Just like I, I only teach you for 50 minutes. You have to pay the fee. So 
there is the element of the client side and there's the element of the side of you and you can manage as, as, as much as you can communicate clearly and transparent, transparently with them, the better the outcome will always be. And then the, <laughs> the more disciplined you can be about enforcing the rules that you place in the business, the, the better it will be for everyone. <laughs> Would you change? I, I kind of, I'm really leaning to that point of like, yes, if I can, you can come in the morning, but you manage to come at night that day or, you know, somewhere else around that week. I'm, I'm totally fine with it because also from the same point, I don't want them to miss the session altogether, you know? Um, would that something you would thrown into the policy? Like, or is that something you'll say, you know, like should, you know, clarify it and make it kind of a <laughs> solid or as the situation comes up? Yeah. Well, I think it's going to, for your scenario, it may be different for other studios, depending on the capacity and the availability and the schedule, you know, for your studio, given that you have got a full schedule, um, it may well be that you don't have a time available, but so I would not let them know that that is something necessary. I wouldn't in your scenario, put it into writing, but when they cancel, you can just say, look, I've got this time and this time available if you want to. And then I don't have to wait. I don't have to ask, you know, then Charge I, and then you, I can yeah. waive the fee or yeah. the cancellation policy won't, won't take, won't be enforced. But right. if you can't make it, unfortunately, I'm going to have to charge you so that mm -hmm. I can keep your slot for next week. You know, and you don't have, I think a lot of folks feel like they have to give a lot of justification and a lot of like, and sometimes it's like le less is more. And sometimes <laughs> I'm having just, this conversation in my head yes. all the time. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's a, it's two sentence. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to enforce my cancellation fee for this session and I'm going to, uh, but I'll keep your place, your spot for next week. And we'll see you then. If you, if anything else becomes available this week, I will let you know. You know, mm -hmm. and that's it. Yeah. Okay. These are good, <laughs> good, tips. good tips, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, <yes>. good tips. <laughs> well, fantastic. Well, I'm glad we got to talk about that because that's a big one for a lot of people and in the home studio, brick and mortar, all of it, it's relevant across the board. It's so. always there. Yeah. And I feel like, especially yeah. now, this is a crazy season. <laughs> yeah. And there's a few, there's a, quite a few other things you can do to sort of navigate as well, you know? And so there's, you know, you've got to find the, you've got to find the way that's best for you because what's best for you is not going to be always the same as what's best for other people. You know, I see a lot of other folks saying absolutely, regardless of what the situation is, we absolutely always um, charge it. But, you know, that's not always the best for every business. So you have to find and feel comfortable with what's best for you. But I think you've got some good strategies here that's going to make it easy for you and great for your business. So <laughs> I'm hopeful. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Thank yes, you. Yes. Yes. You that are welcome. <laughs> well, this is a great conversation, Annie. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing everything. Really appreciate Thank it. So I could much. keep chatting with you yeah. for hours. I have, oh yeah, I have uh, some things to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> think about and work through. Yes. Um, why don't you share where people can find you a bit more about your business and what you do online? Can they find you on Instagram or your yes. website? Um, yes. My website is uh, pilatesfuzz.com. Simple. And my Instagram handle, I, I wanted to pull it before, but I did not. Um, it's also pilatesfuzz. Perfect. Simple. Wonderful. I'm going to post that in the show notes anyway. So if you guys want to connect with Annie um, and um, learn a bit more about her, I'm going to put all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. 
So I hope this was helpful to you all as you build your boutique fitness business. And so if you are loving what you're hearing, I would be so appreciative if you could go to wherever you're listening to this and take a quick minute to review and rate the podcast. It would mean a ton to me and will also mean that this show gets out in front of more and more people who are in this, this, this journey as business owners in our industry and to help them feel encouraged and supported on their journey. Did you love this episode and want more? Head to spring3.com and check out my free resources that will help you run a profitable and fulfilling studio business. And before you go, one last reminder, there is no one way to do what you do, only your way. So whatever it is that you want to do, create or offer, you've got this. Thanks again for joining me today and have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you.